0: make people feel uncomfortable and then you know that at that point then you're driving the bus culpepper could have went somewhere else and and done even more fat disgusting things like he did
1: so would you say you're you're such a baby that the dolphins make you cry
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's hoot now guys it's hoot oh sorry dude (laughs) you know what your best work comes when you're you know backs against the wall i said you know what you're right
1: just like mike mccarthy (sighs) and leave the leave the lombardi trophy when you when you go go. hi this is jerry kramer and you're listening to the sweep oh i have sizzle i don't even know what that means no one knows what it means but it's provocative (gasps) nice
0: gets the people going all right here we go fella Let's have a little fun today Hey, what's going on, Pack Nation? Welcome to the Sweet Podcast. This is Fred Thurston, joined by Cameron Gilbert, and joining us just a little later will be Josh Houts from SB Nation's The Finsider, covering all things Miami Dolphins. The Green Bay Packers were once again defeated by the New England Patriots, and fall to a measly three, four, and one, and are now third in the NFC North. It's not good, it's not fun. The house, ladies and gentlemen, is on fire the building is on fire we've got tons to discuss but as always let's quick shout out to our sponsors the ground round and nina and pride and glory clothing company check them out online at groundroundnina.com and prideandglory63.com for awesome deals and while you're at it make sure and check out the sweep on facebook just go up to that little search button and type in the sweep or on twitter our handle is at the sweep podcast and now you can hear us on soundcloud All right, we are back, Cameron. What is going on, my man?
1: What is up, Fred? Good
0: to be back. Is it really good to be back? I feel like every time we're on, it's it's nothing exciting to talk about anymore.
1: It's been a couple of rough weeks. It's getting colder. You know, it's getting older. It's uh, it's depressing. It's a little bit depressing.
0: The Packers are the one thing that shine bright for me usually in these dark winters. And it's not happening. And it's it's really bumming me out. Uh three, four and one losing record. Uh one-one and one in the north. Pretty much I, I would say we're third in the north right now, which is pretty disgusting. Um coming off two losses. You know, I I as rough as it sounds, as rough as it seems you know, part of me still says it's the Rams and it's the Patriots in Foxborough. So it lightens it a little bit. Um, but I think we've got some questions to to, to answer and, and even to talk about here. Um, you know, with the Rams, we'll get into some of the stuff with the Dolphins coming up when we have our special guest, Josh Houts, coming on. Um, but let's stick with the Patriots. Another game I think that we beat ourselves in, a game that we had a chance to, to win Um, I feel like we really had something going there until Aaron Jones fumbled that ball and I think that kind of switched the momentum and kind of daggered us a little bit Um, what did you see and what do you think we got to do going forward
1: well, for for more context, um, you know we're under. I think we're under 500 through eight games for the first time that Aaron Rodgers has been healthy uh, in his career. Um, you know, and you want to talk about how healthy he is. Uh, you know, he's. I think he's throwing targets off pat like uh, off target passes uh, more than uh, more than he ever has. Um, I think the, you know, the stupid penalties, uh, the roughing the the punter that that kind of just flipped the field, um, and kind of the again the the pace of the offense uh, when we needed it, uh, and the kind of anemic three and outs. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's rough because the Aaron Rodgers Packers can uh, they can beat anybody and they can hang with anybody. But uh, the Mike McCarthy Packers uh, can be beat by anybody. And uh, that's just like the reality is that, you know, you can, they're they're really simple ways to beat this team. And uh, when we aren't beating ourselves, when we look good, like we did against the Rams and we did against uh, the Patriots for large stretches of the game, um, especially defensively uh, against Tom Brady through the air, I was really impressed. Um, but, uh, you just, you can't do that. And that's, that's part of what I talk about when I keep saying we can't play a complete game, uh, cause we're so inconsistent uh, and in playing up to the level that we need to.
0: It's kind of amusing in a weird, sick, demented way, because when we talk to people, I mean, we have guests on here a lot of times, sometimes we don't, sometimes we do, but even just outside people who aren't following the Packers or aren't necessarily fans of the Packers and, and I talk to them they're like yeah but you got Aaron Rodgers you guys are good to go and then I'm like yeah sure totally dude and then I sit back and and, and you and me and, and people around listening to the show I would think we follow them so extensively and we're like that's not enough it's not it's not doing it it's not cute anymore it's not enough to win games and part of that's true I, I think Partly we, it is still enough, Um, but you're right. I mean, we cannot play a full game. Yeah. It's become every year a new dilemma has arose from whatever ashes it comes from, but you know, we've had issues on defense and now it looks like our defense is short up. looks like our defense is, is getting to where it needs to be. And now the offense seems to pummel down. Um, I don't know where we're headed. Um, It's, it's strange. I find myself trying to figure out what's going on, where we're going. I want to chalk it up to new GM, uh, semi-new GM, uh, new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, semi-new offensive coordinator, uh, and just having a little bit of those early woes that you have when you're you're kind of switching things up. Um, but it still comes down to, A concern with with McCarthy and I I can't seem to find an answer for him or or something to back him up with because it's just it's bad play you get a lot of people on our on our page on Facebook saying well you know it's not McCarthy dropping the balls it's not McCarthy making the bad throws it's not McCarthy causing those penalties what's the what's the defense to that I mean because that's true right I mean it's not McCarthy doing those things is it, is it fair to always truly blame McCarthy? Because yes, it's his. It's technically his game plan, but he's not the one out there having to execute it.
1: Well, I think it's important uh, when we talk about McCarthy to get really specific about what his problems are, because he's a great coach. Let's don't like like don't get me wrong. I think he's a great coach. He's going to be successful if he continues coaching um after he leaves the packers this off season uh and um you know he he's he's a good football mind but i think the past couple of weeks we've seen acutely um what is wrong with his approach to the game with his style of leadership and his style of coaching um and you kind of see it now and 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 you're right that is a kind of like a direct quote from almost everybody i talk to who's a fan of another team uh, when I'm talking to them about playing them, and they're like, "Well, Aaron Rodgers, anything can happen that is that is almost like an every every time every I talk time. to somebody. I hear that time. yeah, and that's that's true and 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 you go back uh, you know, I would say for the last you know five years, maybe maybe like back to to Aaron's first collarbone injury, um and you look at all those like playoff those close playoff victories, those close playoff defeats and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, like, running around uh, and, and making crazy plays deep down the field. Um, and it's, it's, it's cool, but it's, it's, you know, it's nerve-wracking. Because at those points, I think we had a lot of talent. And uh, it was, like, the beginning of the cracks in the McCarthy system uh, were starting to show. So, um, like, a few things I mean by that. Like, like, first of all, I think discipline is a problem on this team. Um, I think you look at like the free reign that Dom Capers is given or was given, uh, the free reign that Ron Zook has been given this year. Like, like there's so many things on special teams that just seem to be unraveling and, uh, we seem so relaxed and complacent about it, um, that it's incredibly frustrating to a fan who's paying attention to that kind of stuff. Um, and then for, for some more examples, uh, just look at how anemic the offense was uh, before and after that, that fumble, right? Uh, when we finally got the pace going where we caught the defense on their heels, uh, and this is what, I mean I, I mean, I called it out last week. I said, this is what the Patriots are going to do to us. We need to do it to them because it's really effective when you have a great quarterback with great vision. Uh, when your scheme is almost improvised, rolling up and down the field um and you saw when we got rolling at the end of the third quarter, unfortunately, it was like you know the worst time to do it because it was you know we had two long uh passes to Exxon valdez uh that that like you know but but ran us right into the the quarter break, and then when we started rolling again in the fourth quarter, we had that momentum, but the fumble happened um and it's it 's just those kind of and that's that's Aaron Jones first career fumble, uh, you know, and it, what is like 13th or 14th carry of the game. Um, so you, you got to like look at how McCarthy sets these things up. Uh, and he's going to use that as like a as an example of what not to do. But but that was what you should have been doing. I mean, that was like a freak incident because we had done so many things to beat ourselves up uh, before then. And then I guess the final example I think of, of McCarthy just being so uncreative and you saw this when uh, we were down two scores with eight minutes left, um, the, the schemes that we were running uh, were so wrong for the situation and all the routes were the same depth down the field, about 15 yards or beyond. They had like very deep development. And, um, he he keeps leaving tackles on an island. He loves to leave our tackles on islands, and uh, you know Spriggs. I'll say he did a pretty good job in there. Uh, but you know, all they had to do is bring an extra couple guys and and say, "Hey, Gilmore, lock up Devontae, and and safeties, don't let anything get underneath you." And you see how frustrated uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting because there's not much he can do in that situation. There's not. Uh, many packages he can audible into or change into just because the situation doesn't allow it and it's uh it's incredibly frustrating but i thought i thought those were some just some great examples of uh how mccarthy is is just getting out coached and uh uh leaving us in a position where we're we're wasting uh the best years of 12's career
0: I know we bring it up kind of every episode of, of whether or not it's time for him to go. Um, do you still think it's time to go?
1: I do, and, and I, that's, a,
0: that's, I, a, that's end of the year thing too. People, I I don't think
1: it's uh, the Packers, guys.
0: Sort of chaos. He the go. Packers. Yeah, he's, he's not going anywhere midseason. People keep asking me, you know, do you think he'll get fired after this week or that? I'm like, they're not going to do that. Even if he just, even if he flats out, loses every game for the season, I still don't even think that they do it midseason. I think they're going to wait. Um, but it's just, at some point, things start to feel stale. And, and that's basically it. And I think that's where it is. I think, you know, you mentioned it with the discipline. I think that, you know, the team itself has kind of lost their, you know, their their faith, uh, their belief um, in McCarthy. I think when you're a player, you know, you look to your coach um, and, and you kind of hope that he's going to lead you the right way and that he's going to, you know, do the right thing and make bring the best out of you. And I don't think that players feel that same way uh, with him. We did do on the sweep on Facebook, I put out a poll a week ago, um or a couple days ago i should say asking if he should be fired 78 percent said yes um on under a little bit of a, a little under a thousand people voted um so thank you for doing that if you did but it, I, I can't unless we go on some crazy run uh, i don't see him coming back i think he probably would have been gone a few years ago if it wouldn't have been for some of the crazy runs that we've gone on um you know but then the question w- lies within that i mean who do you, who do you go to? Um, where, you know, how do you, is, is there anyone out there that's better, a better fit than, than McCarthy right now? And obviously, the, you know, it's possible, but I don't know right now. Um, let me ask you something. This is a little crazy, but I'm feeling a little crazy. Is it completely out of any realm of possibility that the Packers and Bill Belichick come to terms as a head coach? Would that ever happen? And uh, here's, 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 here's my thoughts. Here's, here's, here's my thought. Cause it's crazy. I know it's crazy. I was at work today and it popped in my head and maybe it's because, you know, the video, I don't know if anyone saw it, NFL <laughs> mic'd up, Bill Belichick, Aaron Rodgers meet after Aaron Rodgers says, you're the best. Bill Belichick says, no, you are, you're awesome. Cool moment. Check it out if you guys see it. But with the controversy that has sort of happened in New England after last year, it's we haven't heard much more about it since then. Wouldn't it be possible for him to go and, and go win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers and play in the NFC and defeat the Patriots maybe in the Super Bowl and you know not have to deal with that kind of I mean, wouldn't that be kind of a uh, a ride off into the sunset kind of thing, or here's where I contradict it. I don't know if Belichick wants to win one with Rodgers because then again, will it always be? Was he only good because of the quarterbacks he had? Um, kind of the Phil Jackson type thing with Colby and Jordan. Um, so tell me I'm crazy. Tell me it's the dumbest thing, and it's not possible.
1: It's not the dumbest thing.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: But Fred the more likely scenario there is stagnation in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers demands a trade. <sighs> and he goes to join Bill Belichick like Kevin Durant? No way. And he just puts on the the dark Kermit hoodie. No. <laughs> I, I, I see this I kinda see this this frustration in Aaron Rodgers has been mounting and I think uh, you see it this year more than ever. And this is not a relaxed situation. And no. um I think I think he would be blunt and tell you to tell you that. And I think the fact that he hasn't come out and said anything to the contrary kind of tells you uh what his thinking is. Um to, on the other side of the coin, I think you looked across the sidelines. I think I thought Josh McDaniels was was kind of licking his lips, uh, looking at uh, Aaron Rodgers making a couple throws, um, and it really was it was it was laughable because we were moving the pocket really early in the game, like we were running these bootlegs, um, and uh, that's that's how we scored to Devontae on like a little improvisation, right? And uh, the two times we threw down the middle of the field, we got a, a long gain to MBS, and we got a, a first down. Um, and, but we just like we only, we didn't throw it down the middle of the field at all. Like there's no threat of Jimmy Graham doing anything right now. There's no threat of, and it's it, to me, it's scheme. It's just like we're not using the weapons we have. And once you get to the point of that game where they, uh, like Chris was saying in our chat the other night. They opened up the playbook after uh, the Jones fumble, and those trick plays that they ran on us is just Josh McDaniels just laughing in our face. Yeah, um, and uh, it's it's a little bit crazy to me that McCarthy can see that week in and week out. Um, that we can watch all this film as it's our job to go in and watch these other teams doing all this cool creative stuff, and uh, you know not come back at him with it because it's 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 effective because it, it it works in multiple ways you saw it during the super bowl uh when that philly special worked and that tom brady pass didn't um that was a that were there were mind games going on there um and uh just just the way you know they were using james white and they were spreading everything around um even when tom brady wasn't being effective and that was you know in the red zone he was I think he was like one for nine or something. And he got one pass interference call that got him a first down. Um, And, uh, you know, he had that six pass stretch where he couldn't get a pass off. Um, That They were still manufacturing offense. and, And that's something that we can't do. We have so many just uninspired three and outs that look like it's a bad team. And if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, and if like you know you didn't know who was on the field, you would say, "Oh, that's, what's what, what are we watching a Browns game?" Like, I, it's 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 pathetic, frankly, and it and it makes me sad.
0: Dude, all I kept thinking when they were running those trick plays is that they're probably going at halftime or at the end of the game, and they're like, "Dude, did you see how he fell for that? What a loser!" Like. <laughs> I just it's, I feel like we're getting laughed at and it sucks because that should not be the case at all. Um,
1: well, it, for it, su- for such a great defensive performance, I gotta say, wants- like to bite so hard on a Chris Hogan uh, <laughs> bubble screen, you know? Oh my god! Come on, that was an ugly play.
0: It's a little rough, man. Um, I don't know. I I, I just. <laughs> There's there's things things need to change. Uh things need to change fast. We've seen some change. Uh let's get into some of those.
1: Um well but, but before we before we get into that, let's let's sort of let me just point out looking around the league, um, look at what Atlanta has done. And and they've had all these injuries on defense. I think they were in a worse situation than us on defense. But uh sober Steve, sober Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, has come on out and their offense is just tearing teams apart and their defense is playing pretty well, considering that they've lost, you know, two pro bowlers. Um, And, and it's just, it's just little adjustments like that. Look at, look at what Cam Newton is doing with Norv Turner um, using his legs to sort of manufacture offense again uh, in a safe way where he's not like getting headshot all the time. Um, But, but they're just, they're doing really creative things on offense that really flow with, Everything's working together. They're using Christian McCaffrey really well. It's just every other team is doing it except for us.
0: Why? Why I are you we know. so late to the party?
1: I, I do not know. And I think, I think a lot of it has to do with something. We talked about this with, with Jair um, a few weeks ago. We talked about how he has the dog in him and, and he has this attitude and he's hungry. And you look at the leadership of the Packers and it's all like these Zen warriors. And, and I think like, I would say 50% of the time when Mike McCarthy gives a press conference, the the microphone isn't like properly hooked up and it just sounds like he's mumbling and I can't hear anything. You know, he's not an alpha dog. And uh, I mean, he might think he is, but he doesn't have the rah, rah that, Tom Brady has, I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't have that, but you understand his leadership style through and through. You understand what he's trying to execute and he's a total hard ass. Um, And organizationally he's a hard ass and his moves make sense. Um, And uh, we'll see what happens with Gute and what kind of identity he develops. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is very uh, hyper-aggressive in that way either um i think he can get upset but i think more often than not he's pretty passive aggressive um especially when it comes to things that are a little bit beyond his control within the organization I
0: want some excitement i really want some excitement i don't know where that comes from
1: it it comes from uh you know hoping that that kentucky's uh edge rusher Josh Allen falls to us in the draft
0: is that I mean I definitely I definitely agree that edge rusher I mean I've played it off for a couple of years um, but yeah that's definitely a, a huge necessity I think though our defense like I said before is starting to make the, those moves to being a better defense I still think that getting our offense back into some sort of groove is where it needs to go uh, to give our defense a little bit more something to work with, basically. Uh, I just don't see it. Um,
1: yeah, the, the two the two big moves I would have liked to have seen Goot make um, and the moves that he has made, I guess I don't disagree with them, but it's they're all kind of wait and see stuff. But the two moves I really, really love is – Massive overtures for Khalil Mack, like make really public what you want to do, get the team involved, get some players lobbying for him um, and uh, go after him really hard. Uh, and then I think, you know, go try to get a running back, go try and get uh, some depth there, go try and, you know, like make some inquiries about Le'Veon Bell, leak something about it. Uh, don't let Amir Abdullah fall to the Vikings. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. I mean, I, I see like with the haha move, uh with the fourth round trade, obviously if you let him go, you're going to get a compensatory pick that's in the fourth. But uh, I think when you go and you actually trade him before the season is over, uh, you're kind of saying, I'm going to go play in free agency next year uh, and over the summer. And when we get clay and Cobb off the books, uh, when we have these draft capital to play with um, you're going to see what my plan is. And uh, I don't like it cause it's, you know, I want to, I want, I want to win now. Um, but uh, it kind of seems like we're trying to do both things, uh, which is a little frustrating, but um, you know, I have to, I have to be optimistic about that. Otherwise I'll go crazy.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of nail it there in, in the sense of we're, we're playing both hands. I think Goot coming in, uh, making a little bit of a culture s- a switch with some of the guys. Obviously, we saw Whitehead being released, Ha Ha, Ty. Uh, I think that he wants to make this his, his own, make this his team, uh, make some moves, Bring in you know get rid of some guys, bring in some extra capital, uh, go play free agency kind of rebuild uh i don't want to i don't really want to call it a rebuild because i don't think you can when you have aaron Rodgers. and i think that's where the 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 issue comes there because it's kind of one of those years like okay well let's get through it and then we have a a ton of draft picks we have a a lot of money to spend Uh, we can go after some big names we have Aaron Rodgers on kind of the latter part of his, his career. So you there, we don't get that, that luxury of having a year to take off. We always have to win. And so we're, we're balancing on that. Um, There's a lot of uh, potential for some, some, some pretty decent free agents out there uh, that are going to be available at the end of the year. And I think, if you want to look ahead of yourself, I mean, I, I can see where Goot is it, it has an idea of what he wants to do, uh, where he wants to go, and and who's available. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, for us, when it comes to having a team with Aaron Rodgers, we're not okay with just taking one and sitting on the sidelines for the rest of the year. And I don't want to say that's what we're doing because I don't, I can't honestly believe that's what we're doing, but. It kind of feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, getting rid of some guys, stocking up on picks, you know, uh, drop, you know, we have guys with cap situation, you know, we're not, we haven't even ever even talked once or heard anything about uh, possible, you know, resigning of Clay. So it looks like that's going to be a a done deal. Um, So you got to think that there's something going on here. Um,
1: Well, I think, um, to the to the latter point so when we're talking about um winning now um all the moves that have been made have basically been made on the defensive side of the ball outside of cutting tie yeah um and defense wins championships but defense isn't going to win you games at this point in the year and i think if you look around i actually think it's pretty smart to kind of look at the team like this because if you look around the league um there's no excellent defense right now. That's just, that's just like destroying people, right? It's, it's all offense. Pretty much any offense that's excellent can perform against any defense. Uh, and if you're, if you're the chiefs, you just, you just run over everybody. If you're the Rams, you can run over anybody. Um, but you know, that's not quite true. I mean, we saw it with the last two weeks with the Rams, but, um, you, you, you can kind of see how, uh, and this is something that we talked about at the beginning of the year, uh, defense gels like first of all you have a lot of uh guys that develop over the course of the year young guys um who don't get a lot of time together in camp um but defense is more than anything uh you're going to figure out your role you're going to figure out um maybe like your position hybridization you're going to figure out like your best uh packages your best uh lineups your best blitzes your best you know all this stuff uh becomes clearer and clearer throughout the year um so getting rid of Ha Ha, who's you know, it, the more you look at him, uh, you know, his, his his tackles were way down, he wasn't being physical. Uh I'm I'm more and more okay with that move. Uh and the 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 other thing that that you think about when you look at at how Goot and how Ted and his last year approached the draft, uh is they're doing this kind of shotgun approach, which we've talked about too, which is where uh, we go after a position of need with, with two or three picks uh, or maybe four picks. Uh, you know, you grab three, three late-round uh, late running backs, grab three late-round wide receivers, um, go grab three, four cornerbacks in the first two rounds of, of two years drafts. Uh, you're going to hit on some of those. And, uh, that's a good long-term plan now with free agency. That's where, uh, scheme and working with the coach and finding all these other things. That's where like the organizational flow, uh, really comes into play. And, you know, Guten can't say you're fired to Mike McCarthy. That has to be, uh, Mark Murphy. And there's a lot of different moving parts in this organization. Um, and 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 I think that's the big difference too is is that Bill Belichick is such an evil genius and is so obsessed with football that he 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 is every part of that organization, you know, he has hands in it, um, especially the management side and the, the personnel side. And that's something you can't say about McCarthy. Um and uh it's 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 a little bit frustrating, but but you think you can you can do it. And again, if you're if you're there with Aaron Rodgers, that might happen. But at this point, it's a lot more of a calculation. It's, it's do we need six wins to get in? Do we need seven wins to get in? Uh, at this point, it's kind of a foot race, and it's about uh, difficulty of schedule, where the buys fall, things like that. And uh, the next couple weeks will be telling, and then all these divisional games uh, will be really telling.
0: Well, there's definitely some talent uh, out there in free agency, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Landon Collins, Earl Thomas, uh, D. Ford, Jadavian Clowney—I uh, believe—are all up for for contracts. Just a few names. Um, there's there's potential. Uh, it, I, it'll be interesting. I, I I have a lot of faith in what Goots kind of doing here. Um, you know, he talked about ha-ha. I mentioned the release of Whitehead. Um, let's quick touch on that, really. Do you think that's that was warranted?
1: Um, I, I think there's, again, there's – and this is – it pains me to say it, but I think there probably was something that happened in the locker room after he was dismissed. Um, the penalty was stupid. The move was stupid. Um, but, you know – the uh, the ejection was not justified, um, but uh, I think something something must have happened uh, going on there. Um, and the other the move they made, the corresponding roster move, uh, this guy they picked up on waivers from the Jets. Uh, he was a rookie when Pettin was there, so that's an organizational move that I like to see. So that's that's sort of like a good example of hey, I know this guy a little bit, um, you know, with Mo Wilkerson, we saw that too, uh, with Tremont too, like, hey, we all have familiarity with each other. Let's let's figure out a way to scheme together. Um, that's the kind of organizational uh, cohesiveness that I think is – is can only say positive things for the future.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, bringing in Ibrahim Campbell. Uh, Campbell, that- right. That was the guy with Petten. Um, they also... Getting rid of Whitehead. Now, this is the thing about Whitehead. Uh, the ejection obviously wasn't warranted. I don't think anyone believed it was. Uh, the The play itself from Whitehead was stupid. you got to be able to control your emotions. I, I don't know... One, why he was ejected and one, why he was released. The only thing I can think of is two things, actually. Uh, one... He was brought in at the coach's office and, and GM's office to talk about it, and he just wasn't no remorse, didn't care, whatever. And they said, well, you know what, screw you, you're gone. Or two, there's more to it, and he said something to the ref which warranted the ejection, which eventually warranted the the cutting. Um, that's also a possibility. We don't know for sure. Um, but you get rid of Whitehead, you know, you put Geronimo is now on IR, which we'll throw it there too uh they move up will redmond to the active roster they sign ibrahim campbell uh the the signing that is going to change the future here uh was the signing of brady sheldon linebacker from ferris state
1: six five two thirty
0: one yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying oh yeah this is the guy
1: Fackerl. junior
0: this is the guy dude no i'm just kidding but uh a lot of changes in a week. I mean, I, I know it's nothing drastic. It's not anything that's going to change the the season. I don't think, but you know, there's some, some interesting moves. Let me quick ask you two things about, about the, these moves and what moves could have been made. Um, you know, obviously a, a definite concern at edge rusher and then putting Geronimo on IR. Why not entertain the idea of signing Bruce Irvin, uh, and and even des bryant and i'll just say this i don't think des would have came here i think he publicly said he wouldn't but why are we not in that discussion especially with bruce Irvin?
1: well i think with bruce Irvin it was a pretty particular case Uh, i think the teams that were in on him um found out pretty easily and i think that's that's one of the things that you want to do. Like the Eagles have been very good about sort of publicly saying, hey, we're doing this and this and this this year, and then the Golden Tate move. this is all. these are all PR moves that they're making, uh, trying to say, hey, I know we, we know we're letting you down after a, a Super Bowl season and we we're, we're trying to get our season right. Um, but uh, with Bruce Thurman, I think particularly, I think he just wanted to go home, and he's from Atlanta and uh that's that's where he wanted to be um and i think that's as simple as kind of just like calling his agent saying hey does he have any interest in in coming up here uh and it's it's kind of hard to say to a lot of these guys um hey do you want to come live in green bay um (laughs) and and that's (laughs) there's a selection of bowling alleys uh
0: yeah, in <laughs> one other place that has a selection of bowling alleys,
1: you son And I, 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 love the great state of Wisconsin, and I love Green Bay, and uh, and I love that it's one of the only states in the country where the bar density is greater than the church density. Uh, but uh, it's it's tough. Like the small market free agents, it's really tough. You got to find, you got to go find guys who are like, first of all, very wholesome. Uh, and second of all, you know, with the exception of like Andre Ryzen and, and, you got to find guys that are, that are, you know, just live and breathe football, the Reggie whites, the Charles Woodson's, these are the golden examples. Uh, it's, it's kind of tough to, to figure out how to get people up into green Bay. Um, cause I don't know. I mean, obviously quote playing with Aaron Rodgers only works for tight ends who are, you know, on the back ends of their careers.
0: You know, for, I don't want to always believe that. I've been using that forever and ever that you have to find guys who want to come and play here. But at some point, isn't it, isn't it just about football? I mean, do you really like, is it that big of a factor? If you're a free agent, Cam, and you, can basically pick where you want to choose, but not really. I mean, d- does it really make that big of a difference?
1: Well, I think, I think, you know, for 90% of guys, like it is in any market, it's about job. It's about money. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, beyond that, so if
0: you're going to get offered, if you're okay, so if I'm going to offer you ten million, <laughs> mm-hmm. ten million a year and the chance to play with Aaron Rodgers, but you have to play in green Bay, Wisconsin, or I offer you, 7 million but you get to play in Miami with Miami Beach I mean don't you think you're always going to take Green Bay I mean it, isn't winning it, it, more important it, or is it is it money still
1: am I Julian Edelman like where am I in my career uh, have I won True. Super Bowls it, it, how old am I how much money have exactly. I banked um, yeah there's there's so much to go on there and yeah. uh yeah, and it was always it was always kind of like it's tough when you guys who get guys who uh, quote unquote really want to win um, because like there's always like the the voice in the back of my head's like we got to go sign to we got to go sign 35 year old to to be our fourth receiver behind Donald Driver or something and
0: let me let me quick sorry let me quick interrupt you here uh, 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 to to bounce off of that Deshaun Jackson desperately wants out of tampa would that be a fun interesting fit i mean he's a deep th- he can still burn people i know he's older i know he's got issues but he wants to win he's at a point in his career where he doesn't care about the money as much anymore he just wants to win and he can still burn he's a cal guy i mean wouldn't that be a good match
1: That'd be cool. I mean, if the if we if that could happen, uh, yeah, that would be that would be cool. But, but you know, his contract is not insignificant. Um, if he wanted to work something out with us, like like this Des Bryant deal, like like say Jeremy Macklin didn't get hurt uh, this off season, um, and we wanted to go get a guy like that to help us out. Uh, first of all, I still think. Uh, we've used one return from injury designation on Trevor Davis, but, uh, we have another one and Jake Kumaro could come off injured reserve in a couple weeks and I would be excited to see what he can do, uh, against some regular season competition. Um, but yeah, those kind of deals are, are, I like them a lot. Um, the problem with those is, is just, you know, there's really no insurance for injury. You see Mel Wilkerson. Uh, how that has happened with us, and it, I think it can really easily turn into like feeling snake bit when you sign a bad deal with somebody, or you have like an onerous contract, or uh, you're still paying somebody that you don't you don't even start anymore. Uh, those kind of moves can be uh, can be bad, but on the other hand, I think I, I think it's like like if anybody has has shown like the last couple of years it's to take risks like if you're conservative you don't win um you gotta take risks you gotta make moves like that uh so yeah i i I think while by and large most of our problems are mccarthy related uh we still have this uh this sense of uh conservatism the sense of like huffiness i don't know this this small town insularity this protectiveness uh that kind of keeps us from taking chances on stuff like that
0: well damn it I want to take some chances I agree and I've always been I have always you go back for as long as I can remember I've always been the guy about not not taking those crazy chances because of you know the instances like the Mo Wilkerson and, and things like that where you know, it can bite us in the ass and and we kind of lose out on a situation. Um, And I don't know if it's the desperate times call for desperate measures type situation here, but I want to see something. And and I think maybe as a fan base as a whole, we all need to just pump the brakes and, and let this season ride out, see what happens and then go into one full, genuine off-season with the goot and see what happens. And if we come out of this off-season with nothing but just draft picks, then maybe there's another cause for concern. But let's see what he does. We don't know yet. We don't know what he's capable of, and we don't know what his plan of attack is. Because I'll guarantee that when when he became GM, the only thing that was on his whiteboard – I doubt it was just what was going to happen in 2018. He has the next five years mapped out and planned
1: out. I would oh, hope. Oh, for sure. So I think not only
0: a little bit of patience on the situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he's looking ahead to okay, when does McCarthy retire? When does Rodgers retire? Um, and I think he's been in the building now for two Rodgers injuries that uh, kind of show you what happens when you don't have depth um and he has learned that well that'll get you fired pretty quickly um but i mean maybe not in green bay but uh that will you know kill you in this league and um i i think i think i he definitely has a plan and we talked about this last week uh with the haha move with like these kind of culture moves and like this this uh you know, we're moving forward with, with X, Y, and Z and, uh, kind of the allowances they've, they've given to Patton on the defensive side of the ball and how they're lining guys up in different formations and stuff like that. And some of the things that they're trying to throw in, um, in terms of, in terms of the organizational moves, um, you know, they're building towards something and, you know, there's this impending, uh, decision period where the constitution of the team like we're going to have a bunch of new um like several new starters probably um i think at receiver you can kind of just move guys up the line um you could maybe even re-sign cobb at a a team-friendly deal i don't know how well he would do on another team um but uh yeah i don't know what the matthews discussion is if any. I don't know if, uh, if we see him in the future. Um, but Gook definitely has a plan, and he's definitely resolute in that plan. And uh, you can see with how they approached HaHa and how they you know didn't have any conversations with him uh, prior to the season that uh, they had some pretty clear uh, ideas about what he was able to do and what he wanted to do and where his head was at coming into the season.
0: Goot's plan, man. It's Goots Plan.
1: We don't know what it is, but it's it's there and it's in an action.
0: And it's gonna be good.
1: It's gonna be good. Otherwise he's just a he's a real cunt.
0: Yeah. All right. We got anything else or do we wanna throw out some predictions uh, for this upcoming week before we uh, bring on Josh from the Sider
1: You know, I just <sighs> I I just hope that the math doesn't shake out that it's another one of those just good enough McCarthy keeps his job type deals because he's, he's shown me enough now where uh, I'm ready for something new.
0: Yeah. I agree. I don't, I don't want that to happen again. Um, You know, and I, it's, it's one of those conundrums where you're like, okay, so I don't want to win. Well, I do want to win, but I don't, Want to win and save McCarthy's job, and, and to be fucking honest, man, he never deserved the credit for any of those wins that we did win. Yeah, when have we ever? And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, I'll say it every freaking week on the show if I have to. When have we ever got done watching a game and turned the person to our laughter right and said, "Man, McCarthy sure did win us that one." Never, ever, ever, ever. It's always been. Aaron Rodgers or the defense. We've never been like, man, good thing we had McCarthy on the sidelines for that one.
1: Well, it's it, funny because when I when I do praise him, it's like, oh, that was a good drive, or what a gutsy call on that singular call. <laughs> uh, and I'll have like three, three and outs. And then it's like, what oh, a, that time was a
0: timeout he took. What
1: there. a terrible timeout. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then he, and maybe like a couple of good plays, and then Aaron Rodgers will improvise a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know, man.
0: It's, it's time. I think everyone sees it. Everyone knows it. Um, you know, you don't even get, like you said, you don't even get Aaron Rodgers backing them up really anymore. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's stale. It's extremely stale. And we can't allow that when you have someone like Aaron Rodgers. you just can't,
1: um, the, the love is gone, you know, the, lo- the love gone. is gone
0: it's us all over. I appreciate everything you did. I'll never forget him.
1: We had some good times.
0: It's time to go, man. It's not it's not me, it's him.
1: And leave the leave the Lombardi trophy when you when yeah. you go. Yeah.
0: You don't get that. You don't get to keep that, McCarthy. Get the hell out. All right. Predictions before we bring on Mr. Houts.
1: Uh, I think it's gonna be a Brock Osweiler game um, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think we're a little frustrated going against two of these heavy hitters the last couple of weeks so I think we're gonna win um, 35 to 13
0: ah very close to what I had I had 38 17. Ooh, that's actually uh, extremely close um yeah I don't I don't I think what we'll probably end up doing is is we'll, we'll definitely be able to beat Brock, um, and I definitely think we can beat their defense. I think if you have Frank Gore uh, and, and even Kenyon Drake, um, I would start them in fantasy just because I have a feeling that they're gonna get they're gonna get dumb numbers. Uh, but I think overall we'll end up just being able to destroy their defense uh, from linebackers back on. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, I think it'll be a a good game for us. Uh, we'll talk more about that when Houts comes on. Um, any final thoughts before, uh, we quick say Hey to our sponsors.
1: No, I'm excited to, uh, to, to beat up a a team in teal this week. A team in teal. All right, man. What's up Packer fans? Ryan Batley from the ground round grill and bar here crowd sponsor of the Sweep and the Fuzzy Thurston Sportsman Award. Packer season is here and we're your one-stop shop for entertainment needs. 21 TVs, happy hour seven days a week, daily specials like Tuesday BOGO burgers, and stellar service from our team that's going to make sure you leave happy. If you plan to catch
2: the game action at home, check out our full delivery service offered daily,
1: including breakfast delivery on the weekends. If you're heading north on game day, Play it safe with our Packer tailgate bus. 20 bucks will get you safely to and from Lambeau Field, plus a free beer when you get back. Call to reserve your seat at 920 725 1010. Fred, it's back to you. Go, Pack, go.
0: All right. Welcoming in from SB Nations, the Finnsider, Mr. Josh Houts. Welcome to the show, man.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Did I get the last name right?
2: You nailed
1: it.
0: I struggled. I was worried if we had some difference there. Um, it's it's great to have you on. We're we're here to talk about the Dolphins, the next foe. Uh, you guys are five and four, um, which is pretty remarkable because I can't <laughs> quite I can't yeah. quite nail down what that identity of this team is. Um, you, know, you have Adam Gase, who's so highly regarded as an offensive genius, yet I have questions. I have questions around that. Um, you know, you've guys got injuries. There's there's those, of course. We'll talk a little bit about those, but the main question, and I think you guys have probably been asking it left and right. Why is Frank Gore getting three times the touches over Kenyon Drake?
2: Yeah, that's a great question to lead off with because it gets my blood boiling. I don't think anyone can really give you a definitive answer. I mean, I had, I had a couple friends, the guys I do the FinCider radio podcast with, he dropped the PFF rankings and kind of used that as to the reason behind it. And it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Kenyon Drake's 24 you bring in the ageless wonder Frank Gore and sure he gets those those sure yards up the middle but he was averaging 2.7 yards per carry last week and they just completely abandoned Kenyon Drake I mean it's mind-boggling it makes no sense I mean and I know if you play fantasy football you probably have one or I mean some people have Kenyon Drake some people have Frank Gore some have both and it's even more frustrating to those guys I mean because they're they're putting money on the line. But when you're a Dolphins fan, you just see a guy like Kenyon Drake, you can take the ball to the house every time he touches the football and nothing against Frank Gore, but that's just not him this late into his career. So uh, I have no, no explanation for that. I know Adam Gase came out in his press conference. Uh, I think it was Monday and he said, you know, that isn't ideal for this team and try to get split the carries down the middle, but it's just, it's freaking crazy. I, I can't explain it.
0: Well, we definitely uh, understand and sympathize with uh, the, not understanding of not giving your good running back the ball. Uh, we have that same issue with Aaron Jones, not getting enough carries. Aaron um, Jones, yep. <laughs> nothing against Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore, you know, Miami product, all that goodness. But, yeah, it, it's, it's disturbing to see. I wasn't sure, um, you know, when you first look at the stat line, you see, you know, 20 touch air, 20 carries for Frank Gore. You move down a little bit. You get to receiving. You go, Oh, there you're going to see 10, 10 or 12 catches for Drake out of the backfield again, even not there. I just, I don't see why he's not become the focal point of that offense when you don't have uh, a lot of other exciting parts. You know, you got rid of Landry, um, you know, Ajayi's gone, all those types of things, all the big name kind of guys. Um, Tannehill being hurt, give it to Drake. Let Drake do his thing and kind of, you know, let Gase kind of use his genius there. But is, is that because of Tannehill being gone? Is that why we're not seeing Gase... At his full potential,
2: it's it's hard. I mean, I think that's why Adam Gase, you know, hasn't quite peaked because you see these glimpses with Tannehill in the lineup. It, he's been without his starting quarterback, and sure, it's Ryan Tannehill, and many teams or many fans might say, you know, that that's not the best way to look and view your franchise quarterback. But when Ryan Tannehill's healthy, he's above average. He's a quarterback that you can win football games with, and this guy's been he's had Jay Cutler, he's had Brock Osweiler, last. I mean, those were your two quarterbacks the last two seasons, and what he's done has been pretty remarkable. So, Adam Gase is frustrating to a lot of Dolphin fans, up and down on him every week. The Kenyon Drake thing, like you mentioned, I mean, he had seven touches in the first half and didn't touch football in the second. So, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I had someone joke that maybe they're saving him for the end of the season because last year, at the end of the year, he was probably, from a statistical standpoint, he was the best running back in football. So, it's it's frustrating. I don't know why he's not getting the most out of this offense. I mean, they're they're looking pretty awful. And Back to the Kenny Drake thing, he missed a block last week. He had that fumble in the Chicago game that, you know, almost cost him that win. So maybe it's a little bit of him being in the doghouse and Frank Orr being the sure thing. But it's frustrating because, like you said, once Albert Wilson went down, I mean, they traded away Landry. Kenny Drake might be the most explosive player on that offense, and they're just not finding a way to give him the football, and it's frustrating as a Dolphins fan.
1: It's, it's, a, little, it's a little crazy to think about um, a lot of the moves uh, that the Dolphins have made. Um, but, uh, you know, I watched I watched your game last week, and uh, besides a lot of uh, anemic offense, I think the only touchdown was a, a defensive score. Um, but uh, you guys were, I think, like top five DVOA uh, in the first few games of the season, um, and you've made all these, like, culture shifts, like Jay Ajayi getting out of there, uh, getting rid of Sue. Um, but then, like, Rashad Jones checked out of the game last week. And, uh, I don't know, it seems like there's some issues there. It seems like there's some locker room stuff going on. Uh, What's your feeling on that, having tracked this team so closely?
2: Yeah, you guys are hitting me with some tough questions because I (laughs) still don't think many of them has come to fruition. I don't think we really know the reason behind it. Rashad Jones, yay, took himself out of the game after only starting 10 plays on defense. And a lot of it they were saying was because Minka Fitzpatrick was going to get more reps in the secondary. And Matt Burke, the defense coordinator, kind of saw him as the odd man out, which to me is completely crazy. Yes, TJ McDonald went out there and played a hell of a football game, but you can't take Rashad Jones off the field. And I don't know if he was frustrated because he was going to get less looks in that base defense or if it was something Matt Burke said to him because Adam Gase in his press conference, edit, Rashad went up to his office, they talked, and he was going to take care of it and talk to Matt Burke, the defense coordinator. So I, I don't know if it was something that was said there. It, they're keeping it pretty hush-hush and not letting it get out. But uh, I think it seems as though maybe Matt Burke went rogue and, you know, that was the decision he made. And as a defense coordinator, you kind of want to take them under your wing and, and be that guy that makes the decision. And, they, I mean, they look great. They, you mentioned them being a good defensive football team at the beginning of the season. Then they kind of shifted and they just went – they were awful. I mean, they gave up. I think it was 500 yards in the ground in two games between that Detroit game and the weeks following that, and it's, it's been frustrating. And then they go out there and just destroy the Jets, which I think that has a lot more to do with the Jets being an awful team than it does the Dolphins' defense. But I think we'll see this week. Uh, hopefully Rashad Jones is out there. I, I still don't think anyone really knows what happened there. And I know as a Dolphins fan, it's frustrating to see arguably your best defensive player sit out in, in reps for, you know, T.J. McDonald, who, again, had a good game, but he's still T.J. McDonald.
1: Well, do you guys think culturally you're going in the right direction? I mean, I know a lot depends on uh, Tannehill, but with like the kind of Devonte Parker drama earlier in the year and kind of getting rid of uh, these skilled players, do you guys feel like you're improving in a good way?
2: I mean, it's hard to say because you're a Dolphins fan and, you know, seven and nine and eight and eight, that's kind of what you're used to these last few years. The culture change thing, Adam Gase, I'm not really sure why he went out there and said it because, I mean, it's all you keep hearing about. But you have a guy like Jordan Phillips who went to Buffalo and he was just so happy to be out of Miami. Jay Ajayi, he went to the the Eagles. He was just so happy to be out of Miami. Adam Gase joked with Landry that he was going to send him to Cleveland for his career to die. And, I mean, Landers in Cleveland, yes, he got that big deal, but he's happy to be away from the Dolphins. So there's definitely something there, and I don't know if it's an ego thing, but to say that we're heading in the right direction, I mean, you need to have a franchise quarterback, and as much as we all like to support Ryan Tannehill, I think he's due somewhere around $19 million next year. That's a lot of money for a guy who, you know, he hasn't been healthy in three seasons, and when he is, you're barely winning football games. You're not really having the success, and a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, New England, no one's beaten New England, I, as sad as it is to say. I mean, someday Brady's going to retire. Someday he's going to go off into the sunset. But until then, Miami might not stand a chance to win that AFC. So right now you're looking at a wild card. It, it's tough to say if we're heading in the right direction. I think they've drafted well. So culturally, I mean, you got a lot of these young guys in here. These are players' keys to this offense and defense that you can build upon for years. So I want to say yes, but you hate to see a guy like Jarvis Landry leave. You hate to see the J.H.I.s leave. Uh, now with Rashad Jones so it, it's still up in the air but I mean you're five and four and Brock Osweiler's your quarterback so I mean you, you can't be too upset with what happened but to see those playmakers go those you know they they have those egos they kind of clashed with Adam Gase but culturally I think we are heading in the right direction I'll, let's go with that yes yes we are
1: <laughs> confidence Optim- is key man confidence optimism key. Yeah. yeah
2: Dolphins fan it's hard to be confident <laughs>
0: Not bad. It's really not, I mean you just you mentioned it. You had Cutler and then you went Osweather. I mean the road's gotta go up. All right. I don't think <laughs> it can go any lower than that.
2: David fails. That would probably be a little bit
0: lower. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um let's go to Tannehill quick. He's uh, he's ruled out, uh, obviously. What's his timetable on coming back? Does he is he specified when he is? Um I mean seriously I, I I don't. I feel like I don't remember watching Tannehill play. It's been so long. Um, is he coming back after the buy? Does that look like a possibility?
2: That, I know they came out today and they said that's kind of what they were shooting for, but I don't know if you guys, I mean, you probably don't follow the Dolphins too closely, but you see these pictures from practice and you got Brock Osweiler dropping back to throw a football and Tannehill's right next to him holding a stress ball in his hand. And it's just like one of those little hand ones and it's just, it just looks ridiculous. I don't even think the guy can throw a football yet. I know Armando of the Miami Herald, came out and said that every time he throws the football, it hurts. So I think they're shooting for after the bye, but I think that's being very optimistic and... Uh, I'm just waiting for that alert on my phone to say, you know, Ryan Tannehill's been put on IR and he's out for the year because that's just life as a Dolphins fan. You're right. He, he's not healthy. You can't remember the last time he played. But those first three weeks of the season, I mean, the Dolphins looked pretty good and everyone was talking about him. The offense was playing well. And Ryan Tannehill, I mean, this team's a lot better off with him. So I, I don't think anyone knows for sure when he's coming back, but they're shooting for after the bye. And uh, that's all the Dolphins can ask for at this point.
0: Do the, do the Dolphins take a quarterback in the first round or is there way more pressing needs here? I wouldn't say I'm there shooting, is. Uh, I'm shooting for the future here. I'm going a little ahead yeah, no, of our game. No,
2: I think, I think I would absolutely think the Dolphins should be focused on a first round quarterback. Like I said, Tannehill's cap hit next year is significantly greater. I mean, you can't pay a guy $19 million to be a guy. I mean, he's played how many games? I can't even tell you how many games he's played in three seasons. It's been that little that he, he's not worth what he's getting paid and when he is, when he does play, I mean, no one still knows who Ryan Tannehill is. He shows you those glimpses of greatness, and then he does the way he did in the Cincinnati game earlier this season and just laid an egg. So it's, uh, I think first-round quarterback is absolutely the number one most pressing need for this team.
0: Still to this day, if you type in Ryan Tannehill on Google –
2: His wife. Followed by wife, yep. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because I, I, I know some people like Will Greer in this draft class, and if you ever search his name on Google, I think the same thing comes up. She's almost like – some people are saying she's like computer generated because she's that perfect.
1: Maybe that's I your problem.
2: Yeah, just, just picking just picking pretty uh, quarterbacks with pretty wives.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad strategy for us, but
2: yeah, for we, for you, yeah, we appreciate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, we've got our own issues. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we meet you guys on Sunday. I'll be at the game. Um, we have a tendency as, as Packers uh, to make subpar teams with some decent players look like, for instance, Drake could end up with 200 yards against us. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, Amendola could have 5,000 yards. I mean, it just the things like that happen when, when we play these teams and our defense seems to just shut down. How confident are you going into Sunday?
2: Well, it's funny you bring that up because I think it was the year you guys won the Super Bowl. Chad Henney and the Dolphins went up there, and I think they they beat you guys. And, I mean, that's just a prime example of both franchises. The Packers are a heck of a lot better than what their record is right now. And they just find ways to lose these inferior teams. And the Dolphins, I mean, they lose to poor teams, but then they go out there and they play the tough teams hard. I mean, last season they weren't very good, and they destroyed New England on Monday Night Football in their throwbacks. I'm not sure if everyone remembers that game, but that was when Tom Brady had two picks and Xavier Howard was just – lights out so it's it's a game that the Dolphins and fans joke about that you know they're going to go up there and win but personally I I just don't see it you guys uh, you lost what two in a row and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and I think you guys are going to go out there and just put a whooping on this team I, I hope I'm wrong I hope the Dolphins defense can prove that it wasn't just a bad Jets team that made them look so well last week and they go out there they get the pass rush going those linebackers aren't a liability in coverage. I mean, Jimmy Graham could have a huge day because the Dolphins linebackers are just awful in coverage. And you you guys got the weapons on the outside. I mean, you got those guys that many people may not even heard of when they're looking at your depth chart. Scantling, I mean, before the season, who knew who he was? There's another one, Saint. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. You got these players who just keep emerging out of nowhere, and I, I just see them having huge days against this this Dolphins defense, who at times looks great and at others just a liability.
1: I I, I, I think it's interesting. My mom is from Crow uh, Gables, and she's been a long time uh, Dolphins fan. Um, and I kind of look back on like the history of the team, and I, I think about Shula, and I think about Dan Marino, um, and what are you looking forward to, and 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 what do you have? What do you what do you get? What do you get excited about now, as a Dolphins fan, <laughs> other than you know new ownership group and and some Land Shark sponsorship or something?
2: <laughs> Damn, I yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. What, what do you, as a Dolphins fan, what do you look forward to next season? The draft. I mean, it's it's tough because you got these young players like Minka Fitzpatrick, Ray Kleinmill and Jerome Baker. You got the pass rushers, Xavier and Howard, you got these pieces and you just don't have that guy who just, you know, you, you need that franchise quarterback and the dolphins, in my opinion, they don't have that right now. Too many injuries. And Adam Gase, I mean, we talked about, it. he has a decent record, but he's been forced to use these guys like a a freaking Brock Osweiler, a Jay Cutler, a healthy Ryan Tannehill. So Looking forward to next season, looking forward to the future. I mean, you have those key – those young players who can be elite at their position, but I don't think you're anything until you have a quarterback. So next year's draft, uh, 2020's draft, because I'm pretty sure uh, that's the one that everyone keeps touting with the quarterbacks. And this year they say, you know, this isn't the one with the flashy names or a great draft like last season. So uh, we don't have the guy that I'm looking forward to in the future. We'll, We'll end it with that.
1: So would you say you're, you're such a baby that the dolphins make you cry? <laughs>
0: oh.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Win or lose.
1: They make me cry.
0: Cam, okay, you're ruthless
1: to... tonight. You're I just wanted to... to, I wanted to drop the hootie ref. I, I, I'd forgotten to do that earlier. It's,
0: now, it's, it's important.
1: How many
2: people drop the hootie ref. I appreciate both of you.
1: Well, Hey, we
0: are uh, from the era of Dan Marino. So I think deep down, we always have a little bit of a respect. Um, just as his greatness, Shula, uh, Ray Finkel, uh, Snowflake. I mean, these are integral parts to the Dolphins.
1: Pat White and the Wildcat is, is Pat my... Pat White and the
2: Wildcat, yes. Yeah. And then he almost died against Pittsburgh.
1: Remember he almost he... died, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a tiny person. Yeah, he was.
0: <laughs> There's good stuff there. You guys got... Hit, you rewrite some history. Let's get let's get the Dolphins back up and. Uh,
1: oh, Ricky Williams! What am I thinking about here? I didn't even talk about Ricky Williams.
0: Not many teams can say all that stuff.
2: It's Nick Saban. Can we throw his name in there? Oh boy! No one pisses us off more than of Nick Saban. And then he, he took Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees.
0: But you know what? Here's here's to to that. I know that that gets brought up a lot. In uh, I kind of watched you on Twitter and stuff like that. You know, I'm always a huge component of the fact that it, it's gotta be a perfect storm. It's gotta be the right things fitting. We have no idea. Drew Brees could have failed miserably in Miami. Culpepper could have went somewhere else and, and done even more fat, disgusting things like he did. But don't fret too much on what you didn't have. Kinda look forward to what's gonna happen. Uh, you guys have a I think you guys have a, a brighter than most future. I do love a lot of the guys on your defense, um, Kiko Alonso is still a beast. Um, they're just—I think there's just a few parts offensively, weapon-wise, and obviously quarterback-wise that I think are can get shored up. And and you guys got a pretty decent team outside of that. Good offensive line when healthy as well. So um, that's me trying to be nice. Thank you. Uh, I that's about, that's that's all I'm going to go with. Cam, you're already <laughs> ruthless, so you can't come back and be nice. Uh, we're going to go good cop, bad cop on this one. Um, but yeah, you got anything else, Cam? Before we let him get back to uh, changing diapers.
1: <laughs> uh, well, let's let's get a prediction.
0: Yeah, let's get a prediction. What do you got?
2: All right, let's go twenty seven fourteen pack.
0: Wow. Yeah. If, I, if the if the Dolphins were to win, <laughs> question: What would the score be, and how would they do it?
2: It would be. 13 to 10, and it would be on a Sanders field goal, walk-off field goal. There we go. Is it it supposed to snow? Do you guys know? I know it was kind of doing it up to the game leading up to it, but I know it's
0: real cold, potential snow early in the morning, but I don't know if it's going to actually snow at all during the game.
2: It'll be fun. They they flexed it to 425, too, for what Fox kind of that evening game should be fun.
0: It'll be a good one. I'll be there. I will uh, – well, you know what I'll be doing. I'll be rooting for the pack, of course. So uh, we appreciate you coming on, taking the time out to talk with us. Um, why don't you give the viewers uh, where we can find you on Twitter and all that goodness.
2: My Twitter is at Houtz, H-O-U-T-Z. I write for the Finsider, the SB Nation blog. I also write for Dolphin Maven, an up-and-coming Dolphin website. So check those out and go Dolphins.
0: All right, lace is out, man.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yep, later. All right, that was Josh Houts from SB Nation's The Fin Cam, we have done predictions. We have talked to the Dolphins insider. We've talked about Mike McCarthy. We've talked about Goudakis. We've talked about shoot. We talked even about that Brady guy from Fair State. I mean, we've I think we've done pretty well for ourselves. Um,
1: I feel pretty cleansed.
0: I feel feel cleansed. cleansed. Yeah. I feel ready for hopefully another uh, interesting Sunday. I will be there. I can't wait. And I hope that we have some fun stuff to talk about next week. And with that, I will say, as always, go Pack Go.
1: Go Pack. Laces out.